You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 458 of Podcateers. This week we talk about Bob Gurr getting his own Funko Pop, a remake of the Aristocats is in the works, Carl Fredrickson gets ready to go on a date, the Disney company loses a major member of the D23 team, Bob Iger cuts the Disney Metaverse division, Larry talks about going to Super Nintendo World and a special red carpet premiere of Season 3's first episode of The Mandalorian, and we learn a little bit more Disney history and great moments with Mr. Andrew. We'd love for you to join the conversation over on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on our Discord server. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join the community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, some additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our happy hour calls just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP squad for their continued support. So that's going to wrap up the intro. This episode is on the longer side, so buckle up. It's time to get this episode going. If this is your first time hanging out with us, welcome. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for a while now, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 458 of Podcateers. Want to get Classic. down? Let me show you the way. Well, there it is. <laughs> I had I, I don't know if I should actually say this. I had a coworker. Uh-oh. You know, whoop! There it is. You know, he'd always go, uh, "Poop! There it is." <laughs> that's the, know, that's a, little, a banjo. Do a little squat, and then you point, and there's there it is. Poop! There it is. Yes. Poop. The, there. the family joke so is out. Already the, starting off with the five-year-old humor. This is the minivan yep. potty humor. Poop. There yes. it is. You know what? I got. I got a. You know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm seven years old at heart. Kick, I guess I don't know. Kicking oh, it out for are. today. <laughs> you got to use the potty. No. <laughs> that might be. That might be a record though, because usually. We go in 15, 20 minutes before any of those begin before to creep up. Before I start saying poop, yeah, but we were doing, a, yeah. you know, we are having a fun time before we hit record, so I That's think we, true. we got a so We got a head start, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. We had a head start. Yeah. In my head, though, I wasn't singing what Larry was singing when we first started uh, recording, because in my head, all I kept thinking was, looks like we made it, oh, thinking yeah. about Bob Gurr and his Funko. Because uh, WonderCon happened this last weekend, and the news broke that Bob Gurr was getting an official Funko Pop. And, you know, everybody in many industries is always itching to get that action figure in any shape, way, or form, right? Because if you're in a film, awesome. If you get some award, awesome. But you get an action figure, and you are solid because you are 
breaking boundaries from adults to children to collectors, like everywhere, right? Now, Funko Pops, whole other level. Is it bad timing? I don't know. Given the news that Funko was, you know, in the process of getting rid of all that inventory and they were burying Funkos left and right to get rid of them. And I mean, I'm still going to get one if I can because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's a Bob. Right. And like I said, like you get a Funko pop, like I like Bob a lot, you know, and I respect all the work that he's done and I've had fun talking to him every time that I've, I've had the opportunity. So yeah, I'm going to get one, but, uh, yeah, that was a fun announcement. Oh, well, this nice. yeah, this also uh, leads to the question: who who's next? Who do you want next? Who what Imagineer? If there's an Imagineer series, who <gasps> do you want? Joe, no, I'll just say I Joe know, Rody. I know who I want. I want the stash. I want <laughs> Tony. Yeah, that's who I, I want. Imagine a, Tony a big old Funko bobblehead with like a big old stash on the front. <laughs> a bo- uh, just a bobble stash. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the head stays. The awesome. mustache moves around. I have to say though, Mel, I, I, I like the idea of having Rhodey as a Funko. Yeah, big old earring. The the big old earring is like half the Funko on yeah. the side, and his shirt's gonna be like. Good style. And then he could be surrounded by artifacts. There you go. Put him in a Jeep or something. Oh, man. That would Tony awesome. in a, you put Tony in a Jeep too. Why not? He made he's yeah, got a Jeep. He has his own. Put everybody in a Jeep. Bob everybody in a Jeep. gets a Jeep. Everybody should have a you know. You know what? They should put Bob in an Autopia car and then put yeah. They go so ahead, it's funny Hazel. you mentioned that because yes. before so the idea of Bob having a Funko. Uh, leaked several months ago and so oh, wow. there was all this like buzz in in different little pockets of the Disney community because the images of Bob Gurr in a Matterhorn bobsled in Funko form appeared right mm. so it must have been like a prototype or something and uh, I remember thinking like damn if that's real like I like I need this right like I've seen you know different toys and different things that Bob has and uh, he sells like through his manager and like through the company that he works with and stuff like that. He's got all sorts of collectibles and everything, but like a Funko Bob Gurr, like in the Matterhorn bobsled would be super dope. And then like the one that they announced at WonderCon is, is a simple Funko. And I don't know if that's like a cost thing on Funko's behalf because of the trouble that they're going through right now, or if it was like a conscious move overall with all the parties involved where they said nah like we just want a standard bob funko we don't want him inside of the matterhorn bobsled or anything like that um i'd be interested to know what the story is behind it but if they did that like disney marketing listen an imaginary line of funkos starting with the nine old men starting maybe with all the original imagineers at wet enterprises you know, give us our Mark Davises, give us our Alice's, give us our Exitensios, give us our Rolly Crump. What a yes. great way to honor Rolly's memory than by giving him a Funko Pop, right? Oh, yeah. So, and then you start bringing in the stash and you start bringing in Rody and we, we start talking about like all the newer ones, you know, like uh, Kim Irvine Funko or something. You know? <laughs> I, I don't know. For but real? I think if if we do like, 
legacy. Like, imagine Sherman Brothers, Funko Pops. Mary Blair. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Cool. Come on now. <laughs> um, cool. All right, Disney, again, you don't even need to cut us a profit. Just send us each one of the Funkos that you release for each Imagineer. There you go. <laughs> now, for, for, I like it. for non-Disney people, if you have these on your shelf, and it's just like a shelf of nondescript people it's <laughs> just like here's a man with a mustache and here's another man with a mustache and here's a lady in a nice dress and i'm like who are these people oh you don't you don't understand this is a very important mustache this man <laughs> everybody just in Legendary. a suit or whatever it's like the most boring looking shelf but we know uh-huh. we know if you who know you know <laughs> yeah i mean there's pockets in the Funko community, right? I think there's. Oh, I thought you like. Funkos I thought you there. meant in their button-up shirts that they hold the pins. <laughs> there could be, pi- you know, pocket there protector. Yeah. Mark Davis, I mean, I'm sure, had one of those. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there's plenty of pockets in the Funko community of stuff that, I mean, if I saw that, I would probably never understand why. But fandoms are fandoms, right? Like, oh, yeah. that's why Funko Pops of characters of The Office or Seinfeld or any of these other TV shows that people love to watch exist because they're just awesome, you know? So, Disney, come on, we gotta get on this. It's super good. I, I don't, can, can we pitch this to somebody if Disney doesn't? Yeah, I, mean... I don't know. I mean, you don't technically have to <laughs> They're just people. You just need to get the life rights from, I guess, the people, the, the the families. You don't have to technically go through Disney because maybe that's why they didn't do the Matterhorn Ooh. thing. Maybe they didn't, like, they weren't doing it through Disney, and it's just like they just contacted Bob Gurr so that Funko might not have Disney branding on it. I, it probably will, but that could be a reason why that it's not in a bobsled because they are not partnering with Disney, and it's just like, as a person, the the Bob Gurr series or something like I don't know what you I know mean, all of them have series. That makes me or... sad because some of us have the Funko of Harold in the bobsled, and if we would have had the one with Bob in a bob in a bobsled, yeah, there we go. So many bobs. Um, <laughs> to have that matching on a shelf would be epic. So that's makes me sad. That's not going to happen. Yeah, we already have all the vehicles. Exi- I mean, we have the Jungle yeah. Cruise boat and the Indy Jeep, and there's all kind of the train, the Walt train. Like, you could just stick other people on those, the Doom Buggy. You got, you know, all of these exist. So, yeah, just stick stick some uh, people in there. I don't know. It would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they make, I'm trying to remember if it was a Disneyland or if it was a Disney World Funko, but didn't they make like a Donald? Inside of a bobsled, or was that an Expedition Everest? They they like had a vehicle. Donald bobsled, and then they have the Harold bobsled. But the Donald one was the Expedition Everest one, right? It wasn't. No, a, no, no, a no, no. The Donald bobsled? one was the original Matterhorn bobsled. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, the Harold one is like the newer style bobsleds with the with the you know two seats or three seats or whatever. But yeah, the Donald one, I'm like ninety percent sure, is just a original bobsled i'll look it up right now but yeah it was donald in a bobsled because he had like a little if i'm remembering right he had like a little german like green hat on or something yeah yeah so that wouldn't be yeah yeah that series i think i really liked that one had different characters and different vehicles and that one i really enjoyed 
So maybe that's yes, why they also they have, didn't do this it. This was the Disneyland Resort's 60th anniversary Funko, 65th ah, anniversary okay. Funko. Uh, so they had yeah Donald in a green bobsled. It actually does look uh, identical to the 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 mold of the Harold one. It's just painted differently. Different head maybe. Yeah, I mean the Donald, like the Donald figure itself inside is this is different. Like it doesn't, it has different arms and everything. But the the bobsled and like the track with the snow and everything is identical Got to it. the one with the Yeti. Gotcha. All right. Well, Disney, here you go. A line of Imagineer Funkos. We we have a Walt Funko. Let's not. Why why can't we continue it? Let's do a Roy. Let's do a Lillian. Imagineers, come on, let's do this. I want to start my collection. Uh, hey, speaking of collecting, there's a couple things I want to bring up later in the episode, but there's tons of things I want to talk about. I don't know how we're going to get to everything this uh, in this episode, but Larry did a whole bunch of fun stuff that I want to get to because you were in Hollywood for the Mandalorian premiere. You did Super Nintendo World. You went back to Toontown now that it's all been open uh, and I have some stuff to say about that as well so uh, where do we start should we start with the movie news that came out should we just kind of quit briefly touch on that because we got some yeah. teaser images sure. uh, I guess we can give our thoughts on that so let's start there uh, first bit of news coming out was that we it looks like we're getting a live action Aristocats our friends over at the Diz Insider posted an image announcing it saying that Quest Love of the Roots yeah. is going to be directing this film uh, your thoughts on Quest Love directing a live action Aristocats it's I'm excited because it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, if you're familiar with the film, it's there's a lot of music, there's a lot of action, there's a little bit of you know story and whatnot. But I'm a little worried. <laughs> um, I'm a little worried about how this is gonna happen. If it's um, it's is actually a CGI and no, excuse me, excuse me, live and hybrid. So. This is going to be something different. Um, I'm just, I'm curious because we've we've seen Lion King, we've seen The Little Mermaid, and hopefully it's not like The Little Mermaid with the uh, with its cute little cats and stuff. Like keep them cute. Don't don't give us flounder. <laughs> that's my one oh, little yeah. worry. Uh, that's it. But um, I'm actually excited for the music and for the style. So I know it's going to be really cool. I'm just like, please don't give us flounder and scuttle and please don't. But um, yeah, it, it seems like it's going to be fun. Am I going to go see it in theaters? Probably not. I don't know if it's going to be in theaters. I should have read that first. But I think it's um, a Disney Plus, if I'm not mistaken. But okay, uh, not 100%. I, the, I want to say saw it. No, it makes sense. Yeah, and then it's weird how last week we were talking about Bobby was saying like, "Hey, we're we're gonna do something new. We're gonna let's." And this isn't you know talk with Marvel, and how things are supposed to be different isn't this and that. But we're gonna get you know Toy Story again and 
frozen. So it's kind of like, well, are we going to keep going with the live action stuff or are we going to do originals or what's happening? Because we're kind of getting mixed messages and you're kind of mixing with our emotions. Like, why? Let's stick to one route. Let's go for it. Full speed. I don't know what's going on in the, up there. Like someone, can we be flies on the wall? Because I like to know what was the, what was the thought process <laughs> into choosing this film? I'm just so curious. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it seems like it's uh, uh, in line with remaking everything. I mean, it it, it seems you know, along the line of, you know, like the Lady and the Tramp that mm -hmm. they did for Disney Plus. Um, if it looks like Lady and the Tramp, then I'll be happy. Um, and, you know, I I think Questlove, you know, especially with the music in uh, the movie, you know, everybody wants to be a cat specifically. Um, uh, you know, Questlove is a music producer, drummer, the roots, yada, yada, yada. So I, I can see why uh, he's drawn to this piece. And may maybe he had the idea and went to Disney. Who knows? And they, yeah. they're it's in early development, it seems right now. And I cannot find actually if it's going to be Disney Plus or not. Uh, so I guess I just made that up in my mind. But either way, uh, I... I watch them all. I watch all these remakes. It's it's whatever. It's not like uh, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. If it's it'll be on Disney Plus eventually and I'll eventually watch it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, it's it, it's a little wait it's a waiting game, you know. I still haven't seen uh Ant-Man. I still haven't seen Avatar 2. Uh so I've been late. I I've, I've been busy. I'm going to go to the movies. So um I don't know. I I I think it'll be good. Um, I will have to wait more and see what, uh, the casting is and who's going to be playing, you know, Thomas O'Malley and who's going to be playing the kittens and who's going to be playing scat cat and everybody. So, uh, again, my favorite thing, we'll wait and see, but, uh, I'd be happy to see it. I, I think also people forget too that when Aristocats, Aristocats came out, it was like a pretty big hit originally. I mean, it was a long time ago and movies were different back then and movie going was different back then, but it was a huge hit for Disney at the time. So um, I guess they're hoping that happens again. I think for me, it's like uh, when I heard when you guys shared the information with me, I was like, I immediately went to IMDb to be like, what has he done in the past as like a producer? Because this has got to be coming from somewhere. And, and, I mean, the musical part of it spoke to me pretty, like, clearly about how his music ties to it. And I think you nailed it right now, Andrew and Melissa. You're kind of in this first part, like what I just said. What? Wait, where are we going with this? <laughs> so that's what made me look to, like, IMDb for him. And then for Andrew, it's like, well, I get the vibe with everybody wants to be a cat. I mean, everybody loves that song. <laughs> so my thing is he's got so much hip-hop background so i feel like if this is anything i'm hoping he sprinkles that into the movie of making hip hop hip hop cool again because you talk about callbacks of like older movies to nostalgia of like the 90s kids that grew up in that period hip hop was the thing and so if you could like bring that and it be like still like something where it's fun jazz hip hop still integratable into a disney movie because it's going to be on Disney Plus. So I feel like if he's given the right freedom, then I feel good about it. Because he does technically have like 11 credits as a producer 
an executive producer and then he's got still like four upcoming so he's done this before as a producer now you know in the role he's in now this might be a lot more than he's ever done but i his musical talent's a good fit for doing this movie i think if you ask me at least trying it i'm just i'll take this i'll set the bar here as long as it's not like the live action cats play i'm happy (laughs) (laughs) i'll take that that's where my bar's at yeah, I, I think you hit on a lot of the things that I wanted to uh, touch on, Larry. Um, so Questlove is insanely talented, right? Musically, artistically. Right now, he's getting a lot of really great publicity for Summer of uh, Soul, which is a documentary that's, I think, on Hulu right now. Especially with the Disney connection to Hulu, I think that's part of where the talks may have started. But for me, like the... I, So there was... The biggest thing that I worried about was uh, like you're comparing it to cats, right? But we already have one up because James Corden, James Corden's not going to be in it, right? So <laughs> at, well, well we don't know we, that yet. We don't know yet. No, trust me. He could still James ruin Corden it. will not be in it. So if as long as that remains true, we're good, man. We're we're solid. It, I don't. Have you ever seen the Roots perform? Yeah. Like any do any performances? They're insanely talented. They are improvising so yeah. good at improvising. Very yeah. good. Like they know music theory in and out, right? So they're able Absolutely. to compose things and put these musical numbers together that are just so good and so smooth throughout everything that they do. And so Questlove, I think, is a solid choice for this because one, like you said, Larry, as long as we don't get something. I'll give you a perfect example. The hip hop nutcracker on Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Oh, no. I think that <laughs> I think that meant well and I don't know, maybe I just wasn't the age group for that particular thing. Run True. DMC yeah. and Rev Run, like I mean, they're staples in yeah. early hip hop and that music scene. So like I get what they brought into the hip hop nutcracker, but there were certain things that just felt disconnected from the genre. Yeah. And if they're trying to bring kids in and that's kind of the stepping stone, cool, I get it. All right, fine, it did its job. But if you let Questlove do his thing with Aristocats, I think we're in for a really good story, and I think we're in for some amazing music. Speaking of Cats, he was a music consultant in Seoul, so there's some hope for you guys too. Oh, cat, Also, speaking you know, of Cats, that. what a yeah. cool cat. Yeah. <laughs> nice cool way cats to nail it. Nailed it. Cool there kitten. we go. Nailed it. Landed on the feet like a cat. Meow. Nice. <laughs> meow, well, meow, meow, meow. Let's take it in the opposite direction now and let's go from cats to dogs because uh, we nice. had another announcement saying that we're going to get a new animated short featuring Carl Fredrickson and Doug. And is it Carl's first date? Is that what they're calling it? Carl's date. Carl, it's date, just yeah. Carl's date. It's not first. It can't date, be right? his first okay. date. He has married before, so he had at least well, one it date. Well, could, they could say first date after what happened. <laughs> that that could be. It's like he's he's jumping back in, right? Like back it's his first game. date back in the game. Exactly. Uh, there was a little bit of back and forth about how we were all feeling about this one. Who wants to kick this one off? How dare you? <laughs> I know, <laughs> because, man. Not only was is it, it's still hard to get through the first 10 minutes of Up. And it's like, 
the the all we see is new adventures same wingman you only see wingman if you're gonna be set up on a date why would you put us through the ringer again i mean yes we we do love happy endings we do love you know good things to happen when bad things are bad we're not ready <laughs> we're not ready for this this is yeah you took my heart away <laughs> and i mean yeah it's also hard be, you know with the um you know passing of ed asner and everything like what exactly. what is this is this something that has already been in the works and he's previously recorded are they using you know old voice stuff or it'd be interesting to know what is going on with this if if it's something that was you know has been in the works for a while which it you know could be animated films take a long time to make um so they could this is, could have been sitting on the shelf for a while who knows there could be a whole like season two of uh of the uh doug days that we That's don't even what know I was about say, like Andrew. sitting there uh, i think this is probably like a maybe could have been a scrapped episode that they didn't they didn't end up using there oh like, yeah that's possible because it's a so. short right it so. is a short yeah. yeah which is just all doug days is just a bunch of shorts so mm-hmm. yeah it's uh uh always sad to to you know when somebody passes you know seeing their work you know afterwards you know, because of how movies and things work it's <laughs> you know it's, knowing yeah. that they're not around anymore so it's kind of sad but uh who knows i Doug's a good character too. So like Doug is always very heartwarming. I'm sure Doug is going to be getting into some antics, trying to far- follow uh, Carl around and get at, you know, escape the house and get on the date and something, something, something. And I'm sure it'll be fun. Plot twist. I it's hope. actually Doug's date. That'd be better than what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm, when I saw this and we were in the text group, I literally was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this at all. Cause like I watched those shorts and I barely got through them without some of those episodes that like just tearing up. And Ed Asner was at the time still with us. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, it's a hard thing for me to even contemplate if they, what Disney does with anything, anytime they get opportunity, Melissa just nailed it. Andrew nailed it. Like, even if it was in the pipeline years ago, like just let's look at Black Panther. I mean, just that's a hero movie, right? And they've tugged at our heartstrings. So it's like, this has got me so afraid because I just feel like you guys are both on it where Melissa's like, they're going to go for our heartstrings. At the end of it, I may have been like a finishing of what was originally an episode, I feel that could have been for Doug Days that they had done and they kind of like added on to it to edit it to make it now what we see, you know first date or excuse me i keep saying that the date um I, I don't know i'm worried i might not watch this until you guys all prep me <laughs> and then like i said if there's a day like i get home and work like sucked this is the only time i'm gonna watch it so then i could just cry Im- immediately when i'm done and all the emotion comes out done <laughs> you know i've been trying to approach this from different places uh so pixar did confirm that this is ed asner's final performance and it is uh, Doug Days was a spinoff of Up, and this is a spinoff of Doug Days. You know, I think we all are going to approach it, although similar, we may have like aspects of our life that might make us connect with it in a different fashion, right? And what I what I tried to do was I tried to put myself in the shoes of somebody that would be in that situation, seeing you know, one of their elders 
you know, be alone after the passing of, of their partner. And I, I feel like I know people that have, they themselves like pushed their fathers or mothers or grandparents to go out and date and to meet other people because they're just lonely that they lost the person that they loved and that they were with for so long. So there's a part of me that's really sad because because it's eliminating Ellie in a way. Like, honestly, we don't know what it's about, right? Like I said, plot twist. It could be like he tries to go on this date and it turns out it's a date for Doug, right? Yeah, but, it's like a dog date. That'd <laughs> be so yeah. Cool. yeah, exactly. Um, because they don't say who the wingman is, but you're exactly. we're insane, like we're thinking the wingman is Doug because Doug. it's Carl's date, right? right? That's mm-hmm. the name of the short. But it's one of those situations where, yeah, if you connected with Up on that level – you're going to see this as, like you said, Mel, like, how dare you, Pixar, right? Like, like the wound is still fresh. How dare you? Even though it's been years since yep. that film premiered. <laughs> still fresh. Right? <laughs> it's still fresh. Um, this is definitely a too soon moment. But at the same time, I think when you look at real life and you look at, you know, somebody that was with a partner for so long and they do become lonely after something like this happens – family members will push for this and Carl doesn't have family in these in these shorts really right Doug is technically his family and Doug is the one that pushes him to you know go a little further in in all of the the adventures that they go on so I don't know I I'm I'm really torn on this one because I get what you guys are saying like the how dare you Pixar but at the same time it's I, I don't know. I, I really am torn on this one. I would love to know how the listeners feel about this because yeah, really. I'm I'm so like I know that I usually kind of stand in the middle for a lot of these things because I can see both sides of the situation. But this is one that I can't I'm having a difficult time saying like, yeah, I can see both sides, but I'm going to go with this one. And in this yeah. one, like I see both <laughs> sides and I I can't choose. I I'm right in the middle on this one so uh yeah we're gonna throw the question out to all of you listening you know join us over on discord i'd love to hear your thoughts on how you feel about carl's date who you think the wingman actually is is it doug or is it carl uh and if it if it is carl going out on a date how do you feel about it you know are you are you on the how dare you pixar you know like we're still not over what happened in those first 10 minutes of up or are you on the all right carl's out he's he's you know he's doing it here we go yeah boy like train <laughs> i don't know let us know join the conversation over on discord if you're not a, a member of the community it's super simple you can join us by heading over to podcasters.com slash links there you will find um, some links to some of the, the most popular places on our website, including a link to our latest episode, a link to a Cuisineland playlist, links to our YouTube channel and Larry's channel on YouTube, Goofy Guys Adventures. Uh, you'll also find a link for the FGP squad and, of course, the link to join our Discord community. So, uh, hey, since we're talking about the links, Larry, tell everybody about when you stream and when they can catch you, where they can catch you and all that to make sure that people also follow you on all those networks. Sounds good. I stream on YouTube, which uh, I have to correct about 20 people a week. It's not TikTok. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's uh, YouTube. You can find me at Goofy Guys Adventures. We stream Wednesday or Thursday evening, sometime after 6 p.m. Pacific uh, time. And then on Saturdays, I usually try to go the whole day as much as I can, as much as the battery doesn't get too hot or burn out or whatever, or myself, I didn't get enough recharge. So you could catch us there at the rest of the, as we call the subs there, goofballs and join in on the fun. We look forward to having you guys over and getting this and growing the podcateers, the goofballs growing, growing over and becoming the, come on, what are they, Andrew? What are they? The squadcateers? The are we talking squad about the squadcateers? Let's the make squad it happen. out there? <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> I like I Squawketeers. I like it too. That's I a good name. I, I uh, nobody has said that they don't like it. I so seen that I'm just book. I'm just saying Squawketeers. I'm keeping it alive. And it's cool. <laughs> and Squawketeers cool are cool. Kittens, right? They're all cool cats and kittens. Yeah, let's take that <laughs> that phrase back from Carol Baskins. <laughs> Going back to the cats. I see how it's all circling back to cats I right know. now. This is, <laughs> the, this is the cat catasode. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm a dog um, person hey. myself, but I like saying cool cats and kittens. <laughs> I'm 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 there with you, man. I'm there with you. <laughs> um, hey, I see that there's a different animal on your shoulder, Larry. What do you got uh, going there? Speaking of animals, I have the cat's worst friend, uh, which would be a bird. There's a not a bluebird on my shoulder. Oh, <laughs> ah, I like that. Off. See what you did no. there. Uh, he's a, a a yellow bird that's been featured on the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway as Chewy. Say Chuby. it right, Chuby. Chuby. It's Chuby? like Chubby, but it's instead like of double, instead of a double B, it's a W. Chuby. And I just I found think. that on the live stream thanks to people correcting me because I was calling him Chubby, which from what I hear in history, that's not confirmed, but like they say out there that his name was supposed to be Chubby, but it was incorrect typo, and that's what yeah. made it become. Chewy. Kevin Rafferty, yeah, I, Kevin Rafferty <laughs> wanted to call him Chubby, and right. then there was a typo during the the meetings for development of the ride, and so he just thought it was more endearing. That's what I'm saying. I like the other name that came out of it because if you get on the ride, if you've been on it, there's a part where you're pretty much Chubby's like doing a little dance, and then he has eggs, and they crack open. And I found out those are called Chubits, Chubits. The Chubits, like the Chipets. The Chipets. Now it makes me want. Well, I ran out to get this. It's a shoulder pal. If you guys are wondering, you could get at Disneyland now. I think they've been. I'm not sure how they've been at Disney World. I know this merch was at Disney World before. I don't know if they had the pals though. So, and I've named mine different. Because he's mine, he's a cousin. Uh, I've called him <laughs> Yo Soy Chubbs, so that is oh nice, so. nice. That that's good. Yo Soy Chubbs is better than No Soy Bird. Yeah, considering <laughs> that poor bird. We already do know that Yo Soy Bird is on Autopia, yeah. so Autopia. That's his cousin, full right? name. Yeah, yeah. He's the cousin yo of Yo Soy Yo Soy Bird. It's all connected. All know. connected. <laughs> So you you went back to the parks recently. Now that Toontown is open, right? Yes. Uh, yes. I also actually made a quick trip down to Disneyland this last weekend. So we were there literally yes. just to ride Runaway Railway. That was the Ooh. entire goal to head to Toontown, check everything out, ride Runaway Railway, and that was pretty much the entire day. Uh, quite frankly, because it's just still too crowded for my own comfort and. In case anyone out there is wondering, yes, I was fully masked just for my own protection. So, um, But, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts about the open area, and then I want to share some thoughts as well about it. Sure. 
I went, uh, so I've been going to the Mickey Minis Runaway Railway for a bit, so I saw the right side, and I just want to say props. The first thing I did was I turned to the right, and I thought of my fellow podcateer, Andrew, and I said, there's Roger Rabbit, still <laughs> open, and let's give some props to the rabbit. Didn't ride the ride because I was recovering from some vertigo, so <laughs> that didn't work out, but um, that last ride you want to ride if you're recovering from that, but the I went the other direction now that's open that you're talking about, Hazen, that's been refurbished now to be, I would say, more of a park-friendly feel. Um, and I was live streaming, so you could catch that on the live stream. I did that on um, – that would be – I believe that was a Wednesday or Thursday evening of last week. So you could check that stream out. I was there shortly. So it was already past the weekend rush that that first weekend it released on. But it was still busy. And I like that I went at night because now the full soundtrack's playing. I was talking about mm. before when the podcast that it was parts of it. But now the full soundtrack's playing. And they had Powerline playing the song (laughs) and and it's like themed and acoustic kind of Mm -hmm. i almost lost it like i like (laughs) literally grabbed a pole and like swung myself around like when i was like 10 years old in toontown so that was kind of biased on it and i immediately went towards goofy's candy shop i didn't go inside because like you said hazen it was fairly busy even though it was night so my first things is i didn't get to go into the new house to check out the stuff to see anything if it's been like upgraded or refurbed like mickey and minnie's meetups or goofies i just wanted to get the vibe for the outside and the new turf like area and how it worked and i'm gonna say the 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 fountain really well done it is something when you see in person that the mickey and minnie fountain that you're seeing that's in the now main staple of toontown it does bring a new volume or i guess a new focal point or full vision point when you come into that area and i'm a little biased again because the music and secondly as soon as i walked out of that area goofy was out and about which i (laughs) loved they had goofy out there doing just like a walk around meet and greet not like a he just had a cast member beside him it's not like he was stationary in one spot so goofy is my favorite character that's your boy (laughs) that's my guy obviously if you know the channel's name so he stopped we talked we caught up about our long lost brotherhood you know did our usual you know pleasantries said he's busy you know you know quick quick (laughs) give a high five kisses you know because brotherly love and then on the way he went but that was cool because i thought i don't even remember being a kid i mean i only went a few times because i was in northern california when toontown originally opened so i came twice when it was fairly new I don't even remember the characters being around back then out in the areas uh, that they are. So I would say congestion-wise, not so great. But I could see now what Disney's thinking about this trying to be an escape from the rest of the park where you could still make this like an area to just go and kind of like hang out yet slash like it reminds me kind of like there's attractions here and there's Disney it reminds me of like when you go to a shopping center. This is not downgrading. It's just like, you know how there's like those outdoor like eating seating areas like when you mm-hmm. go out to go to those? Mm-hmm. It feels a lot like that. But if Disney put their touch on it, the only thing we got to see is how hot is it going to be in the summer? Because that place used to be blazing hot in the summer back yeah. in the day. So that's Definitely. my only caveat. But the vibes felt really good, especially at night. And I, I'll second that, that we were there middle of the day ish i think because we showed up to the park about 11 o'clock or so we ended up leaving by like two um and i remember walking into toontown prior to this and thinking like there's like it 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 did what it was supposed to right it was supposed to feel chaotic and it was supposed to feel 
Roger Rabbity, you know, like this cartoony place where like anything zany could happen, right? Yeah. And it felt it felt opposite to that and the soundtrack had a huge like part to do with that. Like the the acoustic spin that they had on certain things was fantastic. Um, I did get a, an opportunity to hear when they were doing the song from a Goofy movie, the the Powerline song, and then the Spectrum song comes on, yeah. the the Professor the Von Drake one, Ooh, and yeah, I was like, nice. what? What? Cool. I was like, okay, all right, like this is a good soundtrack. Now they do have a soundtrack for Mickey's Toontown. I w- I hope that they end up releasing. Uh, the same way that they did like minis lo-fi and stuff like that yeah, on on the different uh, on the different music services i really hope that they release the soundtrack cuz if you want study music like oh. all the songs Absolutely. hit on such an amazing level and i was hearing them with a bunch of people surrounding me and the yelling and the screaming of the kids uh the new fountain what like that you were saying the new centerpiece of the park has or the section as you like come into the land it's a it's a beautiful fountain it's like mickey and minnie with all these flowers all over it uh i got a few pictures and a, a couple of short video clips to post um but yeah, the the entire area, I I I feel like it could potentially be less hot now because there's so much more grass. Okay. Um, and I, my my biggest problem is one that I think we've talked about in the past, and we even addressed in like armchair Imagineering episodes, and that's the the idea that yeah, we get the we get that this is supposed to be a place where kids can come and play and give adults a chance to just kind of unwind for a little bit. But the bottleneck is that there is only one entrance to Toontown. Them not adding a second entrance that leads like to the outer skirts of Galaxy's Edge or something, or that there isn't a transition into another section of the park really hurts the area. I like I I think if there was one thing that I I personally would have made the call for is that like it needs another entrance. Uh, otherwise it still feels a little claustrophobic, especially with some of the new additions, like because it's so closed up now, especially as you walk in and you see the fountain and all that stuff over on the left, you see the big area where the Roger fountain used to be. And there it's stroller Rest parking. Now. It's just basically, yeah. <laughs> Um, I did salute the mayor of Toontown as I went in. So I did salute Roger for you. you Thank you. Um, (laughs) The mayor of Toontown, man. Come on. The rightful mayor Um, of Toontown, Roger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, yeah. So you see like all the stroller parking. But as you kind of veer towards the I'm, I'm sorry, on the right, you see the stroller parking in front of Roger Rabbit. But as you veer towards the left, it, it does feel a little closed up and claustrophobic. So there's there's certain places depending on the congestion where it feels like there's way less space than there used to be instead of it feeling like a more open space than what they were aiming to do maybe we were just there at a bad time of day maybe there was just a bunch of people there that were trying it out especially considering that the weather was pretty decent uh the day that we went so it could have just been that after all the rain everybody's like all right well we just want to check this out we want to see how things are going here uh, overall, it looks great. I think they did a, a good job with the redesign. I, I really love that fountain that they put in there. Uh, and then uh, finally experiencing Runaway Railway. Hot damn. Hot <laughs> damn. 
Like it it was one thing to watch it on video. But damn, watching it in person. <laughs> my wife and my kids had already seen it before and my wife told me like this is like it's next level. Right? Like I'm I'm paraphrasing, but she's basically like this it's next level. And so now I'm like hook line and sinker. Like I adore this ride because one of the charms to Disney attractions obviously is the 3d elements of the dark rides and how they have, you know, the different characters and the different sets in each of the, the attractions and something that you lose when you have fully uh, immersive screen attractions is, yeah, you get a lot of, a a different type of adventure because you can go really in depth with the animations and you know you can take your your characters wherever you go and these motion simulators and stuff like that like star tours or like like universal is known for all of these video things a lot of attractions that disney has uh in parks around the world are similar to this but you do lose the element of you know that that dark ride almost because it's a whole different type of attraction and this marries those two aspects in such a beautiful way it makes you feel like old school disney with this awesome technological twist on it i i I know i saw a lot of that on rise but the thing about this one is the reason it felt so much like an old school Disney attraction is because a lot of it is still painted. A lot of it looks like yeah. it's the old school just painting, not digital or like really refined lines and tech that you would see on a ship for Rise of the Resistance, you know. So, man, it is it. it I, I, yeah, it's definitely next level. The there's one scene where they do put you into a section that you're like, it looks like you're 360 immersed in the attraction yeah. mm-hmm. and they execute that so well. I'm like, I'm, I'm blown it's almost away. flawless. <laughs> it <laughs> is. It's almost flawless. Yeah. Especially they the transition out. It's like, wow. Oh yeah. 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 This whole thing is so well thought out. I can't, I'm so impressed with this attraction. I, I, I'm, I enjoyed it so much. I if they ever did anything for the haunted mansion where they said yeah we're gonna get it we're gonna do something oh, cool with it better this be is the type like of technology I level. want them to use I don't yeah. want super refined rise of the resistance I want what they did yeah. with runaway railway to be implemented in the mansion where I want to be get the aspects in the room yes yes oh, <laughs> yes yeah you know what I mean yes that'd be cool I yeah. yeah I'm so on board with this so. Everything that everyone has said is absolutely 100% true. I'm just so happy uh, that I got a chance to write it. I felt like a little kid. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It was great. So, well, there's a couple of other things that we wanted to address uh, that were happening. Uh, Do you have anything to wrap up Toontown before we move on, Larry? No, I think uh, if you see something you like in Toontown, get it, because that's the only thing I can tell you. All the merch there is moving very quick. That's the it only is. thing I'd say, because, yeah, like everything there that I thought would be like, oh, it's okay. No, it, it people definitely are hooking on to the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway merch and whatever picnic item that you want to get if you want to try it. I, I'll be trying that stuff out in the future when things slow down a little bit more. I did see a, a ton of people carrying bags of merch that day. And then they yeah. were all like 
in line for this plastic picnic bucket picnic thing, like a bucket. picnic basket bucket. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They like people were just going nuts over it. That definitely uh, merch from that area is going really quickly. Larry's right. There was just bags and bags coming out of that area. Uh, let's see. Uh, I wanted to move on to this Bob Iger news um, that we have been kind of talking about before we move on to a couple other things. But uh, I do want to revisit something that we talked about before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was in our group chat because we were talking about those Disney 100 medallions. Right. Mm -hmm. And Larry, you had been trying to get them for us, but you were unsuccessful because the machines were down and stuff and all that. So I got lucky and I was able to get some of the medallions the day that I went. So I was super happy because the two machines that I wanted them from were actually working. But here are my thoughts on the execution of this. So one, um, the coins themselves, the coin here, I got this cute little bag for mine Ooh, um, the, bag everybody yeah <laughs> so Very official the the medallions themselves are are pretty hefty they're pretty beefy mm-hmm. uh they have some weight to them they're really nice depending on the design that you get it's going to have a scene from an attraction or a character and then on the back it's going to have the same medallion that they have throughout the park with the fairy circling the disney 100 years of wonder logo that they kind of mm-hmm. use on the castle downtown disney and everything else from a collector standpoint, it it's kind of horrible how they treat these because it's not pressed. It's not like the pennies. Mm-hmm. It is uh, just they're tossed into a bay and they're mm-hmm. all kind of stacked on top of each other. And if you've ever been to like a Chuck E. Cheese or a Dave and Buster's and you've seen one of those arcade machines where you drop a quarter and it's like slowly pushing them forward. And if you put a coin in just the right place, it dumps a whole bunch of coins in front of you. It's a similar concept. So from a, from a finding or getting a coin that's not going to be scratched or scuffed in a way is almost impossible because they're all just stacked on each other and they're bouncing around against themselves and they just kind of hit like the way that they drop so like from a collectible standpoint i guess the ones that aren't nicked or they aren't damaged in any way will be the most valuable if you want to see them that way uh but i think that because they're so readily available i don't see these becoming like this huge collectible item now it could be something that gains some kind of value later on depending on how many survive because they're just there was just like 200 in there and you know and they keep replenishing them every x amount of days you know when people get them so uh that is the one thing i will warn you about do they look awesome heck yeah they do do i regret <laughs> buying them heck no i don't cuz these are <laughs> awesome <laughs> But uh, again, from a collector standpoint, keep that in mind when you get them if, if you choose to collect these. Two, they're a weird size. And the way I know that they're a weird size is they don't fit like the common silver dollar or anything like that. The reason I know is because right after I bought all these coins, I bought some uh, for a few other people. I went out and bought these little cases to put them in because I wanted to make sure that I sent them to everybody protected as best as possible. (laughs) Now, in order to get them in these cases, I struggled a lot 
because these, for anybody that's interested and wants to collect them, what you want to look for is a 37 millimeter coin case or a coin. Um, what do they call these? Uh, they don't call them coin cases. They call the them coin sleeve. I can't remember. Like display boxes? Protector. No, it it no, it's got a different name. Um, uh, washing capsule. machine capsule. It's a capsule. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's yeah. So you're close. So if you're looking, yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for a collectible capsule for these, you want to find something that's 37 millimeters for this particular coin. Uh, nice the one that I found tip. is uh, a variable, like. The foam inside allows you to cut like different cut, like, sizes, cut and so it comes with this like little ring inside that separates in different areas ah, okay. to make like oh. a bigger or smaller ring. Oh, wow. But the one that it falls between is either too small and it's scrunched in the way that this one is, or mm -hmm. it's too big and there's a little bit of play if I take the additional ring out. Around. So yes. I've gone through the process of trying to delicately shave the edges <laughs> just so that it like stays together. So when I send these out to you, just uh, I'm going to try to wrap them. But I hate to tell you, try not to open them because you're going to have a really <laughs> hard time putting them back. Um, so anyway, you'll want to you'll want to make sure that if you do uh, want to protect your coins, uh, unless you get the binder, because there is a convenient binder that they provided. It's like sleeves, awesome. little plastic mm -hmm. sleeves. It's $25 for a few sheets. And it was a plan um, all along. Yeah, <laughs> but this looks so much doper to me. Like I could put that this looks on, collectible, it does. right? I think like, I yeah. could put this right here. Right. I think I you're nailing the deba the debacle though, right there. Where you're like, if you want it to look kind of collectible, get the coin sleeve like you would get the press pennies at Disneyland. But if you want it to look like a coin collector, yes, go all in mm -hmm. in what Hazen because it does look a lot more presentable. In that I haven't even seen it like that. That is cool. Yeah, I'll post pictures of this in on the Discord. Uh, so you guys can see what they ended up looking like before I send these all out. But, man, I struggled with these. So, look, I should have done the smart thing. And I should have opened one and been like, all right, this doesn't fit. Maybe I should remeasure and, like, send this out. And I thought I was going to be covered because the insides, you know, allow you to put different size coins in here. And I didn't. I just, one after another, I kept damaging one package after another. And the foam <laughs> inserts are all over the place. And then, like, eight in, I'm like, damn, I'm dumb. I should just send this back and just bought a different size. It would have been so much nicer. I will say that the other ones that I found are not square. It's a round one around for the 37 millimeter. And they look okay, but I don't know why I like the square version more. Maybe it's just my personal preference, but... Anyway, I'll post pictures of these. They're they're super cool. Like I said, I got the ones from New Orleans Square. It has two scenes from Pirates, two scenes from Mansion, and then I hopped over to Buena Vista Street and I got the one with Walt and Mickey, Minnie, Oswald, and Steamboat Willie. Yes, so awesome. I got pretty much all the ones that I wanted to collect. Oh, the other thing about the pricing. So each one is six bucks. Uh, like we had talked about before, it was going to be four for twenty. One mm -hmm. thing about using a credit card or like a uh, like your watch or something to pay this is, a good is tip. you automatically get charged the twenty bucks. They don't give bucks. you a six dollar option when you're digitally paying with any right. device. Mm -hmm. You immediately get charged the twenty. Now here's the other thing you should know: when you get the twenty, 
it flashes the colors of the coin that you want. You do not have to choose one of each coin. Yeah, you, you can get pick, four of the up. same one. Like you <laughs> can mix it up. Like the first time I went to the pirate to the like uh, New Orleans Square one, I hit one after another because I wanted each one. But towards the end of the day, uh, my like, brother, I asked my brother, like, do you want any of the ones from Buena Vista Street? And he says, I really only want the Steamboat Willie and the Oswald one. Like I don't really want the other two. And I said, all right, well I'll just get another set. It's fine. And by the time I got to his set, I was like five sets in at this point for everyone that I was purchasing for. And <laughs> oh, I, I got those two. And instead of hitting the Walt and, and Mickey one next, I went back to Steamboat Willie and then back to Oswald. And sure enough, I got two of each one. Yeah. So the the best tip is if you don't want all four, but you know you want to share this with somebody, keep a tally and just get the ones that you want or need because you could always trade them. You don't have to get one of each, but just know that if you pay digitally with your phone, with your watch or, or anything, you will get charged the 20 automatically. There is no single coin option when you pay digitally. Anyway, again, I'll post pictures of these on the, (laughs) can you hear them? Yeah, just oh, that alone. Well. Like yeah, treasure. that alone. That's where I know you just said you'll scratch them. But I used to like when I got them, I'd carry them in my pocket. And what I did to keep them to kind of protect themselves is I ended up buying those little. I technically have been using the little tiny bags for pins. Oh like, yeah. But the oh, little Ziploc yeah, style yeah. bags. But I just stuck them inside a bunch of those, and then I had it in my pocket, and it would still make that noise. I loved Yo, I'm dumb. I should have done the same thing. I got a ton of That's, those from when we did the Team Boat Willy pins. Exactly where the idea I got it from. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's, oh, that's so funny. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm glad that you brought up a pin because I have something else on here. So, you know, we got March Mayhem going on. I want to give a quick update before we move on. But while I was in the park, since we're celebrating Disney 100, I did pick up a Disney 100 Ooh, Mickey and Minnie pin that trip. we're going to be giving away to the winner of March Mayhem. So that is going to be up for grabs. I'm going to post this pin up on Discord as well. Uh, We had several prizes actually lined up. Like Andrew had like buckets and buckets full of prizes uh, that like are just sitting at his house. They're just they're just still hanging out. I got so many prizes. Yeah, but we (laughs) like I have I have a I keep calling them buckets. They're really boxes full of stuff. But uh, I have a couple bins full of prizes as well that I've been holding back on. but you know, maybe we just need to do more stuff that involves prizes. We got to do more contests. We got to yeah, on the do. Uh, FGP call. We got to do more contests and give away prizes. Whoop, whoop. You know what? That's oh, what I'm gonna do. It. I'm gonna randomly give away something again to a member of the FGP squad. Just oh, there just you cause. go. It's been a while since I've sent something out, so I think I'm gonna. Send oh, we can spin the wheel. Ooh, we can spin the wheel. That would be good. You can choose the winner. So let's let's do it next week. We'll figure out what we're gonna give away, and then we'll spin next week. And whoever okay. comes up on the wheel, then I was that's just who testing we'll get it out, Andrew. That's all. I, was I think I need to get an actual real wheel to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, the wheel is totally real. It's real. I just moved it. Did you hear it? Yes. Just calibrating. Sorry, guys. Right. Uh, okay, so March Mayhem, uh, as we're recording this episode, we have officially entered the semifinals. Uh, it's kind of insane how there was only three attractions in the entire competition, and all three attractions have made it into the semifinals. It's and beautiful. interestingly enough, 
one of those attractions is going up against Mike Wazowski <laughs> of all characters. Mike the underdog. I think you underestimated right? your artwork. Your artwork is kind of selling that because every time yeah. I see it, I laugh. I chuckle, man. Every time when you mentioned on the podcast a couple episodes back, you were like, I love how I put Mike's the logo on his face. Hey, mom, look, I made a magazine. Every time I see it, I immediately think of that scene and I just laugh. I'm like, yes, I'm picking that one. That's I'm not going to lie. That's one of my faves. That's why I'm voting. So well, I'm glad. I'm glad that people are getting a kick out of that. I've gotten some messages uh, through Instagram as well about people enjoying the fact that, you know, if like like you said, Mel, if you know, you know, right? If you mm-hmm. if you know the film well exactly. enough and know the joke, then, you know, you're in on it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I it it's such a weird uh, semifinals, especially considering that I went backwards this time. I've been doing matchups from right to left or like right bracket against left bracket. But this time, I wanted to make sure that we had an extra day. Me, personally, I needed the extra day because the other semifinal match that's coming up after Mike versus the old prospector is the Ghost Host versus Captain X. So that will be the matchup that is going on the day this episode releases. Uh, I know who I'm voting for, obviously. I mean, I look, I love pirates, but... Haunted Mansion, baby. That's you know. I'm conflicted. Come on. <laughs> you know, I, and I know, I know. There's going to be tons of people that are going to be on the same boat. Like, see, this is exactly what I was talking about earlier. I'm just saying, hey, I'm on a boat. That's all I'm going to put it out there. That are on the same Doom buggy. Let's let's go yeah. there. Um, oh, there you go. But see, this is what I was talking about earlier, right? That there's like two things I really enjoy, and I'm all like, I don't know, I I kind of like both, but. This one's easy. I'm going Haunted Mansion, whereas earlier I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Carl. So anyway, uh, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting championship match, uh, regardless of who makes it through. Uh, I think the only person – I'd have to go back. Not a lot of people posted their brackets this year, but I think the the only person that's – fully still in the running for the winner is Brian again. Like Brian knows how to choose winners in these brackets. (laughs) I don't know how he does it, but there was like a couple years ago, like his bracket matched almost exactly. Yeah. Almost exactly. He's had the AI tech for a while. He's He's so good. (laughs) Maybe, maybe he's asking chat GPT, like how do I win at March mayhem? (laughs) These are the, <laughs> so, right uh, so anyway, uh, if you are interested, you can vote on uh, your favorite quote in our Instagram stories. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this episode, it might all be over, and we may already have a winner. But if you're listening to this on release date, make sure to head over to our Instagram story, uh, getting your vote uh, for the matchup against the old prospector versus Mike Wazowski. If you listen early enough. Uh, and if you missed that one, make sure to get your vote in between the ghost host and uh, Captain X, also known as the Jolly Roger or the Skull and Bones that you see on Pirates of the Caribbean before the drop. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see who the two that make it to the championship match is. Any predictions? I don't want to jinx it. Superstitious. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Okay. 
Uh, let's see. A couple other things Larry had an opportunity to do that I wanted to hear a little bit more about. Uh, it seems so fun. One, you went to Super Nintendo World. Yes, yes. Ooh. First time. I've heard that it's been really difficult to get in because there's a lot of uh, problems with how they advertise it. And that if you have like, if you don't have like the VIP pass, you're not necessarily... Uh, it's kind of like what they did with the Wizarding World, right? It's kind of like a first-come, first-serve queue sort of situation. Like, exactly. what was the experience like? So I was lucky enough I went with some pretty good vets. Uh, Shout-out to our friends, uh, Channel Explorers. They have a channel, too, Rourke, uh, Corey and Rachel. But um, Rachel, his wife, actually works at Universal. So um, she kind of had, like, the inside track about what they do, like you said, where he's in there's a virtual queue you have to get into and here's a little tip for any podcateer listeners the squad -keteers, <laughs> the squad <laughs> you could start trying to get in that virtual queue literally while you're getting to the parking lot the gps within the universal app will let you do that so start doing it then when you're getting there if you're there early because that's your best shot at getting in uh they did that and ours was like at 12 so that's how fast like and this is like early morning and this is a good example because the day i went which was probably like the first week in a spring break two weeks ago it was um sold out like you couldn't get a reservation on that day so uh yes very busy and the system you're right it's not perfect and i'll roll into it so first off um i did get the power up band i got the luigi one and i was expecting to get a different one i'm showing them right now it is a slap band um, but after I saw the L, I was sold. So little Larry here, but <laughs> went all in on the uh, Luigi band. But I'll admit, once you get into Super Nintendo World, it is as advertised. I was back in N64 days like no other. I literally almost swooned overseeing Princess Peach, and now Rebecca knows my hidden secret of having a crush on Princess Peach. Aww. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca found out. It was kind of an awkward moment, but we got through it. I said, I'm allowed an animated girlfriend. You have Thor. Let's leave it like that. <laughs> <laughs> so then, I mean, it is really just tantalizing to the eyes. And I was able to use the uh, ATM version, they call it. It's like the ATM for the power band. So you go over there and get this whole experience of like paying for it. And it comes through. It's not cheap. It's 40 bucks. And I'm going to give my pure honest review of it right now. Overall, I underestimated how fun it would be to use the power band. I thought it's kind of gimmicky compared to like the magic band. But if you're going to put me apples to apples, right? This one does more because there's like, it is very, uh, I hate to say it, like that whole thing of being like uh, stimulated, that noise as a kid of hearing the, -doo -doo, the coins. Mm -hmm. Once you're in person again doing it, it's like, boom, you're back locked in. And now it's like a <laughs> physical thing. So then you're just like running around to these spots. But with that, they're so busy. And if you're going to talk about jam packed to circle back to Toontown, Hazen, way more packed that day i'm telling you it was wow. busy because people going in didn't necessarily have to come out it's not like that's not how the system is working oh, now wow. like it's so busy like it's not like when we were doing uh pretty much previews for like galaxy's edge where people could leave right or it would kind of be like a, a slow when they were doing previews kind of like that where their virtual queues like that where they try to channel the space no way this is probably worse than toontown by far because everyone's trying to use their power up bands on things and 
overall, it's really nice, but I couldn't get on the ride. It was over two hours and 15 minutes wait when I was there. And I hear that the restaurant, you have to have reservations like really early. Otherwise, it's a no-go. But my other last gripe is, Hazen, if you thought the Magic Band was bad, the Power Band is four times worse. Because, (laughs) yeah, it's a slap band. So when you're doing the whole boom, boom, you're hitting it, this guy, the band will fall off if you keep hitting it hard enough. Like it will every time loosen up. So invest in something to clip it. And you know what's sad? It's so sad because when I got the actual directions, which is really cool, it comes with a small map, so don't throw away the, the case when you get it. It's a little Super Nintendo map in there. But also inside the directions, it tells you like to invest in literally like to invest an additional thing to keep the band from falling off if you have that issue, which is the most gimmicky thing I've heard in a long time from a a band you know like that you're buying up front for 40 but, bucks but they don't sell so, them though they don't i read See, so i don't wrong, know man yeah, i think they were giving them away i i had heard oh, this somewhere if you okay. go, went to some guest relations and or where you check in there was some place i had read this and i don't have the full information but i had read somewhere that they were giving away those little uh keeper band things for free somewhere i don't have all the details but look it up i had had read it somewhere and i wish i had it for you but they might have them to give away somewhere if you ask uh at a universal employee they might know uh while you told me that (laughs) that was the biggest gripe i had but it is i'm not downplaying it the magic band compared to the power up band is way more fun and i like i don't know how you charge this thing or when it dies how that works but I mean, I didn't have to charge it, so it was ready to roll. Once I turned it on, bam, synced it up to my app, way more easy. Boom, boom, I was ready to roll, and I was ready to getting points, and I was, it was like that. It was fun, you know, and there's so much interactive you could do with it. I hear it's better to go during the week because I hear it's starting to really slow down during the week to get into Super Nintendo World from what I hear. It does also look super bulky compared to the Magic Band. It's bulky, yeah. It's very bold. Yeah. You talk about, you sent us, well, you sent a picture to the group about the Magic Band. <laughs> well, listen, so I was not, oh, so so here's the thing. My thing with the Magic Bands is always like they don't do anything. Like unless you're going to Galaxy's Edge and you're doing these bounties, what are you going to do? Get into the park? And then after that, like, then what? Uh, when we were on Runaway Railway, the lights oh, start spinning on my on my magic spinning. band and everything, and there was like certain yeah, like there was certain areas where it just starts like spinning, and I'm like staring at it as the light is spinning, and I'm like, cool trick, bro. What else do you do? And so, <laughs> and the entire day, I had my watch and I had my magic band next to it. As I would move my wrist or as I would move my hand, the magic band kept hitting the buttons on my watch and so it kept like moving my watch into like different apps and stuff like that and so ultimately what i ended up doing was i like i turned the magic band so that the magic band portion was like underneath my wrist so it was more like a web shooter at that point and i can like put my (laughs) wrist out to get it scanned and stuff like that and then i could like flip my wrist to see my actual watch uh, but I think I'm going to have to invest in one of those little clips that you had for your watch to like remove it. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do it to the Iron Man one. I'm definitely just going to buy like a like a standard yeah. $30 one to do it with. That. Just buy like, um, suggest, like a cheap yeah, one. Yeah, I like that tip. I think I'm going to do that. But I was, I'm was i looking at your, your Super Nintendo World one, and, dude, that looks like an Invicta watch. It's like this huge <laughs> face. 
on this like big. slap bracelet. Like it looks like a can big. of tuna on top of like a little slap bracelet. It is big. You can just see right there. That's so like the lid see... to my vitamins or something. Like, yeah, it's... really. That's a good one. <laughs> that's for the kids. In the yeah. Car. My lid to my vitamins. <laughs> it really, it hey, they're that. Flintstones vitamins. Thank they're, you very yeah, much. Thank you very much. <laughs> the stuff. gummy ones. <laughs> oh, we are Flintstones. I'm not, I'm not lying either. I have Flintstones vitamins in the cabinet. I will go hey, get them. And I'm not judging. That's a good fact <laughs> for anybody out there, too. But yeah, it's, it's definitely something not great. I'm not going to even say. If we're thinking about practicality, that's it's like they they have positives and negatives to each one, so the another one is winning necessarily. They're just used at other parts, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So but it really don't get me wrong, it enhances all of Super Nintendo World. And and just walking yeah. around, even though it was super packed and when I was there during that day, it was still it's just it is visually stunning when you see the stu- the the uh, perspective of everything that you've seen as a kid and it just becoming this real thing. And I did go through those, you know, on the second level of ends, uh, when you go into the Super Nintendo world, they had like those visual goggles where you could like picture everything and it shows a oh, video yeah, yeah, of yeah. the actual like VR world kind of set up. Those are fun. That was fun to look at because you could see like bombs flying across the air from the old mm-hmm. game. That's cool. Just so cool. Yeah, they, I'm not going to lie. It does, unless it's one of those things, Hazen, like I just told you about Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. It's like, until you go in there, it's like you kind of can be easier to look at it objectively. But then once you get inside, it's like you, you really the – once you get into the tunnel, you're like, oh, shoot, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it all just turns on and the band just adds that extra like when you want to hit like boom, boom. I'm, I found my – I caught myself like literally kids are like waiting behind me like little eight-year-olds. I'm like, give me a sec. We've waited for a long time. I know. I'm all like, let me get all the coins out of this this block. I will let you have your turn. Those power-up bands also, they... they work with the Nintendo Switch. If you didn't know, I you didn't can know. you can uh, with Mario Kart Eight. You can uh, unlock, I think, some costumes or something. With you know, you do the amiibo thing, and and they'll they'll read on Mario Kart Eight on the Switch. Okay, okay. Listen, it might be <laughs> uglier than the Magic Band, but it already has my vote for cooler band. There it is. <laughs> there it is. You know, look. This is the thing about the Magic Bands again. The experiences are super, super limited, and they each have their pros and cons. You know, from what you're saying and from what we know, the the Magic Bands obviously have, you know, walking around downtown Disney and having a flashing ring of lights with the Disney 100 logo. I mean, it's that's whatever, right? Again, when I went on Runaway Railway and it started to flash, okay, whatever. If we're in Fantasmic or a fireworks show and everybody's magic band goes off, okay, that's a little more magical. But as far as a game component, there really isn't much of that unless you're in Galaxy's Edge. And the thing about these universal things is they're so limited, right? Like the band for Super Nintendo World is just good there. If you buy a wand at the Wizarding World, yeah, it's super fun going around and casting spells and stuff like that, but it's a $50 wand and it only works in the Wizarding World. In so, Wizarding world. like, I get it. It it sucks that you kind of have to buy one for each individual experience, but as long as you can pack it with enough fun things to do, I think it's totally worth it. You know, and so, like, right now, 
especially with the added bonus of being able to unlock other things in Mario Kart on your Switch. That's awesome, right? I think that's yeah, a Dreamlight great Dreamlight Valley, did you hear that? <laughs> Disney, Dreamlight Valley, did you hear that? <laughs> right? <laughs> be, Use my magic unlock band. something. Dude, you know, because, like, even if they let, because there's watches in Disney Dreamlight Valley, if they let me unlock my magic band so that my character wore my Iron Man magic band, that'd be dope. They need to yeah, do dang. this. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of magic bands, too, like, I'm surprised that they haven't, they didn't add any magic band stuff to Toontown that we know about anyway. Yeah. Like, they refurbed it for so long, you'd think they would have some interactive something or another because they had know. all the other stuff come back with that's interactive like yeah the the, the physical the stuff why not why not do a Magic roger band. rabbit who done it thing through windows or whatever you know kind of like the oh that the, would be cool you yeah, know like you have your bounty knock. yeah you know like so. when, you, when you're trying to get inside the room and they're like Ooh, yeah the bucky. password yeah what's yeah. the password would have been good yeah Something like so that. Well, it's it's surprise yeah i i don't know maybe it's budget cuts maybe there's plans who knows but that that's a missed opportunity for sure. Like you said, it's uh, if they were adding it to Galaxy's Edge, why not add it to Toontown? Because it was down for so long. It, it seems like a no-brainer. Well, they yeah. can't do it because you guys have probably seen by now. Maybe discuss I missed the hundred years of wonder medallion. Well, the big old logos. What it interacts mm-hmm. with. That. Have you guys seen that? Right, where if it links up with your magic band, you can move your hand in a circle, and then it'll do this like shling, like a magic thing on the actual. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that. That's though. the one at yeah, Downtown um, Disney, right? Right. And oh, they, okay. And I think I think I haven't tried it yet, but I think it might work at the one at Disney California Adventure in the middle. That one there, that's there. I'm not too mm, sure though. I I, I don't think I was there long one. enough to see people try that. I saw people waving their hand in front of the castle, thinking that the one on the castle would do it. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Sorry to tell you, but the one on the <laughs> castle does not have any interactions that with your magic have band. Anything. Uh, I did see people using it at Downtown Disney, which is why I knew that that one actually activated yeah. with the magic band. But I haven't seen the one at, at California Adventure. Um, I think that's maybe one. But, I'm not double, not for sure on that one, but that's the only yeah. one I may have known of. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this kind of it kind of leads into one of the articles that you know was in our text chain, and that's that Bob Iger cut the division of the Disney Metaverse that Bob Chapek had set up. You know, there was a lot of talk of Disney entering the metaverse space, and the metaverse, I think, has gotten a really bad rap because of Facebook and Meta itself and their horrible practices and, um, you know, just being Facebook. But I have always seen Disney entering the metaverse as, uh, honestly, we're kind of there. Because if you think of what you can do with the Magic Band inside of Galaxy's Edge, this is already kind of what we talked about before, where you have an experience with an app or the real world interactions do things as part of a game. So you're already kind of in it. You're just not wearing VR goggles or you're not doing anything like they used to do at the Void or anything in downtown Disney. Playing AR games like Pokemon Go, I always thought it would be super fun if you could integrate something like that and uh, catch characters around the park. You know, they're running around different areas and you're trying to catch like Chip and Dale or the fairies or whatever, you know, like whatever character are just kind of there for the day and you can make it like rare pokemon or you can going back to dreamlike valley 
there's certain critters that don't appear every day. Like you have to go on a specific day and time to catch them. I think those would be really fun interactions. I think that's all kind of metaverse, but I think the idea of metaverse has been tarnished by Facebook. And I think that's why we're, we're getting a lot of negative reactions, but I, w- I want to know how you all feel about this because I know that you don't share the same sentiment that I do when it comes to this. I don't know. I, I, I go first. <laughs> I'll I was go like, first. Andrew's That's fine. It's, one, I think yeah. it's. I don't know if you say it's the time, but I don't know if it's the time for the metaverse. I I just don't know if. I mean, I I, I can only speak for myself. I guess I don't think. I'm ready for for the metaverse. I don't know if, you know, if it's completely like like VR, if that's what we're talking about. I don't know if it's like a affordable enough, be comfortable enough, see uh like uh what do I want to say? Like widespread enough to to be worth it. Now I know that you need to develop these things and that's what the metaverse division of Disney was doing. I'm sure was, was figuring these things out, how to make it profitable, how to integrate these things into your daily life and, and make it part of your, uh, you know, not just like your play, but also work and all this different things that they want to do with the metaverse. You know, people want to have, uh, this is like the one thing that I don't get, but I guess, you know, other people might be more comfortable as like, they've showed this thing where it's like, okay, well you can have a meeting in the metaverse and you have to sit in VR and like you have a, a like a virtual uh, avatar and everybody has their avatar in the meeting, but you could just do a video. We have video and you can see everybody's expressions, micro expressions, everything in a video call. So things like that is that I, I guess it's just stuff I don't understand uh, fully why somebody want this, you know, maybe people that don't want to be on camera want to have a, have a AR uh, uh, like uh, avatar and they, they, they don't have to be on camera, but they can be like participating in, in the meeting or whatever. Um, so I, I do think that like, like VR and AR and everything ha- have has its place in it, in what we do and you know that get away and things like that where you know playing games uh I mean we have the the quest 2 things the uh, meta quest whatever they're called the the headset deals and uh, we don't very often use them. It's, it, you know, it, it seems more of a hassle than it's it's worth sometimes. And maybe that's just because things aren't in, uh, what are, they're, they're not developed enough to be what I want or what I expect. You know, it seems it's a, a lot more hassle to put on a headset and stand up in the middle of the room and grab the controllers and, do all this to 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 play a game of Beat Saber or whatever than it is to sit on the couch and grab my Switch and play Disney Magic Kingdom or Disney Dreamlike Valley. Excuse me, Disney. That's the phone game. Um, or just grab my phone and look at whatever, like and or and watch TV. And it, it's you know some people watch TV in their headset, which I think is probably the most uncomfortable thing on the planet. I don't know how you can do that. 
uh, eye strain and whatever. I don't know if I'm just sounding like a grumpy old man, but <laughs> uh, that's okay too. So that that's my my uh, qualms with with uh, the metaverse and uh, uh, virtual reality in general at this point. But I I can see it growing, and uh, maybe Disney just needs to let it grow and then jump in after it's already has there's already a established platform for them to to bring something to as opposed to trying to create their own platform off the bat which it kind of seems like is what they were attempting to do kind of like what yeah, they that's... did with Disney Plus where they just kind of hopped yeah. on <laughs> existing tech yeah i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it <laughs> do the but same it is thing broke that's I don't the know. problem Ooh, big broke <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the idea is there it, it's a great idea but right now it just doesn't the whole metaverse is just a mess um the to know that they have poured in so much you know so much money i could see why disney's like you know what the product isn't here we're actually losing money as well. And as a business standpoint right now is just not the time for them to do anything. Um, that's what I see. And I I believe it's going to happen. It will. It'll get there. But right now there's really nothing. It's just um, like the earliest stages of the prototypes, if anything. Um, I have beef with Meta. I see this as yes they have the potential but seeing how they've treated like for me I have this little grudge with them seeing how <laughs> they've treated like their social media platforms and pretty much just dumped them on the side to work on something that isn't even producing anything is kind of like dude uh, okay sure you're gonna you're talking the talk about the metaverse but where is it you know, whatever's. I will get to that train of enjoyment when it's here. I I'm not gonna put my energy towards it. It's like no, no, no. You guys have messed up in a lot of ways towards many of us. So and eh, just wait. So yeah. Anyways, that's my little tangent. But I see why Disney pulled away because there's nothing for them to make money off of. A part of me is like. What if they figured out how to do it, you know, how to do this themselves? What if they were to figure out with the new wave of Imagineering that, you know, when we had seen them go to um, South by Southwest, who knows? I mean, I do I want to say I would be surprised if Disney pulled something off first before they did. I don't know what the legal like thing would be between them, but we've seen Disney pull so many things out of technology, like how they create these experiences, these so many, I mean, we've seen it from the get go from the animation, um, from that like cells and of course what they've done in 100 years. So I've, I kind of want to say that I would not put it past them to even try it themselves. So possibility is yeah. still there. I just, I am not a fan of meta at all, really. 
I'm kind of glad they kind of stepped away from them. Well, and 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 the metaverse versus meta, the company are. If I'm if I'm thinking of this right, they are two separate things. Hazen, yeah. can can you confirm? Mm-hmm. So it's very confusing because Meta, the company that is the parent company of Facebook, is a different thing than the Metaverse, which is supposed to be just kind of like the internet, like yeah, thing. Yeah. So right? I'm glad if you, you brought that up. More. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my rebuttal to what you and Mel were both saying right now. So there was an article last year that I read in Wired that there, there was a phrase in there that has stuck with me about this whole thing. And uh, it's in, in their article, they said, replace the word metaverse with cyberspace in your conversations. And then all of a sudden, it becomes this whole different type of digital world. The reason people have this really horrible interpretation of metaverse is because m- Facebook, when they rebranded as Meta after they did all those horrible things and the Cambridge Analytica stuff came out and they're like, oh, no, we got to change our name. Like we got caught doing something horrible. Uh, They tried to capitalize on the metaverse technology and name and everything. And they said, we're going to be the first ones to do this. And so it was it was them trying to commandeer something that already kind of existed. And sadly, the the negative connotation of that has kind of stuck, which is how you both feel, because now you negatively connect the neg- the metaverse with Meta, the company, right? But it's a concept that's mm-hmm. existed for a really long time. So in my head, again, I don't think about this as like something that you need the VR goggles for. Like, I, I fully agree with you, Andrew, that we are years away from living in the world of ready player one where you put Mm -hmm. on the goggles and boom you're in this whole other immersive world you know being a hero trying to find a treasure and all that stuff but i do think that as part of the disney metaverse and maybe that's the problem they need to call it something else we're already kind of there because we're interacting with magic bands and the play app and all these other play things in the parks now let's say that you have your magic band and let's say they do the same thing that they do with like the 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 power band from super nintendo world right maybe there's like an area at disneyland or california adventure that's branded for disney dreamlight valley and then you go and then you mimic the motions of harvesting pumpkins or something and you get something exclusive in the game like it remembers it and it syncs with your switch or your account or whatever and then you get something exclusive in the game that in itself is a form of a metaverse because you're linking all your products into a whole immersive experience it doesn't have to be virtual it could be ar or it could be you know something driven by other technologies again similar to pokemon go they're doing this with or i don't even know if it's going to come out now but um they were doing this with the marvel version of ar which was supposed to come out sometime in the next few months uh but with all the layoffs happening i don't know if that's even going to be a thing anymore but that's how i see it right i i've done my best to disconnect the possibilities of what we can get with this type of technology and just moved away from the idea that Facebook can is even connected with it because I think there's a lot of cool things that you can do 
as long as Disney decides to develop it themselves. Yeah, they could piggyback on somebody's existing technology. I just hope that it's not Facebook's. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, they, oh no, it was called Disney Universe. That's what it was called. It wasn't Metaverse. I was going to say they already had something like that, but it was the Disney Universe game. Um, I do think that they have an opportunity here uh, to create a similar type of situation, just not with a set of goggles yet. You know, we're we're not there yet. So I agree there. Let's see. Oh, so uh, sadly, the the layouts that Bob Iger had talked about have already begun, and I think that's why we're we're saying that we don't know what's going to happen with a lot of these things. Um, as we're recording this episode, um, Andrew found an article that one of this is kind of surprising actually because uh, mm-hmm. he's he's such a well known part of the Disney company, but Jeffrey R. Epstein, not not that Jeffrey Epstein, but Jeffrey R. Epstein. Uh, he's he was the VP of corporate communications and the spokesperson for the D23 fan club uh, was let go as part of the the first wave of layoffs. This is such a huge surprise because Jeffrey Epstein has been at the forefront of getting the Disney company like on social media and really bringing yeah. forth like the communication from for D23 and the expo and the events that they do didn't didn't he start like the gay days in the park yeah like, he did yeah in he, the 90s yep yeah so i mean he's had a lot of influence uh in the parks i i i'm i'm kind of speechless actually yeah i think i am too like i how would i say this he would be like someone that would be a lifer Exactly. That, that's yes. that's the best way I could describe it. I thought he was going to be a lifer for everything he's done. So yeah, kind of stinks. Well, hopefully it'll be a uh, Bruce Vaughn situation, and then uh, they realize the error of their ways and uh, and mend things and uh, bring him back because uh, definitely uh, this is a a big loss for the company in the. Uh, you know, somebody that you would think is a spokesperson for the company, a, a good spokesperson for the company, a good person that, you know, that a lot of the fans know, even if they they don't, you know, realize it. I mean, huge on Twitter and uh, uh, on other social media platforms, you know, giving us Disney News and and really with the D23 brand and, and everything, hosting the, the D23 podcast and just all the the care that's gone into the all the D twenty three special events and and everything that that they do, um, it's I think it's a it's a it's a damn shame I'll say uh, that they <laughs> that uh, uh, Jeffrey is uh, let go. Um, a lot of the other people I know we we lost you know some others uh, execs from Hulu and and other things, but. This one hits a little closer to home as uh, I think somebody that you you know their face like I couldn't tell you the the other executives what they look like or whatever but I've you know you could would walk past him at a D23 expo or or you know that's somebody that I feel like though I haven't like I could like send a message to and would probably get a response from uh, not that I have, but it just feels like a very open and communicative person. And, you know, that's his job as a, you know, communications person, but still feels like, like, like somebody 
I don't know. It, it, it it's stinky poop. It it's no good. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. This is it's gonna be strange, not seeing him connected to any D twenty three stuff going forward. I hope you're right. I hope it is the you know they bring him back and they realize like hey we made a mistake. But at the same time, you know we're losing so many other cast members that you kind of feel like like why are we why are we in this situation? You know exactly. Because Disney so, Plus has to be profitable. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I don't know what he like has an anything to do with that. But... <laughs> there's an earnings call coming up soon, isn't there? Yeah, because there's the all the votes and everything. That's We just send in our votes because uh, we have uh, stock, so we get a vote on uh, on all the things. And we always vote. Uh, uh, the board says, we recommend this. And I always vote the other way because I don't know if I like <laughs> what the board recommends. So I always vote the other well, way. Good for you for sticking to your guns. The, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, the board recommends we don't need an oversight committee. And I say, maybe you do. So yeah, uh... <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's going to be interesting because uh, we already knew that things like Disney Plus weren't doing well, and that the parks were kind of helping Disney Plus prosper. But the parks aren't doing all that great right now either. So it's going to be an interesting call, uh, to say the least. Uh, you know, I think we'll be talking about it in an upcoming episode. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how that all turns out. Uh, so I don't know about all of you, but I have been holding off on watching The Mandalorian, and it's been so difficult for me to do that because I've been really excited about this season, but I hate having to wait. There's certain shows that I don't want to wait to watch the next episode. So I figured if I could wait like two, three, maybe four weeks so that I could get like a really good binge on like on a weekend or something, I'll feel like, yeah, like I, I got through this. Like I feel good about everything, right? You, you don't feel like you're left hanging so much. Maybe that's just me. But it's getting difficult because people are starting to post things about it and I'm starting to find out slowly what's happening. Larry had a super cool opportunity. Tell us yeah. about it. So I was lucky enough uh, to through Verizon up. So I didn't. This is no perk of being anything. I was just lucky enough to win a ticket lottery to go see the season three world premiere of The Mandalorian at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, which was nice. my first time seeing anything there. That's so cool. So it was all brand new, and it was, it was I'll just say to the T, it was definitely a VIP event. We got there. You had a will call. It checked your name in. It was a red carpet event. The celebrities were there to list off a few. They get to meet anyone. I'll save who I got to. I did get to meet somebody, but I'll let you know at the end. But the ones that I got to see, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, um, and then, then you had Pedro Pascal, obviously. So, and, and then Man Wing was there. Nice. Um, Luis Espedito was there. All of the people you could think of were coming down the red carpet, and it did make you feel like even when you were there for an event, they had the speed uh, cruise uh, ship that he uses. You could take pictures of photo op oh, with that wow. on the main stage. So that was cool. The thing that him and Grogu are on when you see the Mandalorian and then well John Favreau and Dave Filoni came out right before they aired the episodes that was technically the Tuesday before they released on Wednesday and they kind of gave us like a little brief introduction 
uh, of each episode for, and they let us watch two. And just to put it out there, Hazen, John Favreau said, "This is the way is to keep it. This is the way is to keep it a secret about the episode." So if you're seeing spoilers, that is not the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they definitely are not Mandalorians. They're not Mandalorians at all, then, and Dave Filoni would disown them. But <laughs> the, the the thing that was cool about it, though, was, like, to go watch it, what I, I told a lot of people, you could go watch uh, on my channel, Goofy Guys Adventures. I did a small video, like, that's basically just vlog style. We weren't able to film any, obviously, the content, right? But what I explained to people about the episodes, we got to see two of them there, Um it's a whole different level to watch them on a cinematic movie screen. You really, I think, take into the value what goes into making these shows. They are movie-style production. Like, it held up just as even better. I felt like, dang, I wish they would – Hazen, it kind of gave me that idea. Like, I wish they would say once a year, like, at AMC, you could go watch it all, like, all of them in one oh, day man, in theaters so instead cool. of, like – that would be fun. Yeah, instead of watching them <laughs> at home, because oh, dude, it was so cool hearing like you know the the uh, Mandalorian come in, and then you know hearing like the sound effects of Grogu cooing and stuff like that, like in surround sound around you in theater experience, and like and it did help that people are like cheering, you know, because half of the people there, which I came to find out, were people that worked on the show, which was really cool to oh, just kind of wow. hear them talk about stuff. Yeah, it was cool to hear that, like overhear the conversations. I'm just there. I'm literally because they gave away popcorn for free and soda. I'm literally like Michael Jackson just like listening <laughs> to the conversations you were the Pedro Pascal yeah. meme where he's just sitting there eating yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly Pedro Pascal that's a good one that's even better I was just eating listening to these conversations they're talking about on set and stuff like that and about how you know like how much of a dedication how long ago it was done like it's been a long yeah. time since they filmed this it's unbelievable but um, yeah it, it, it was awesome and I want to give a shout out to comedian Bill Burr so I was lucky enough to run into Bill Burr at the end of the night. And it's I'm going to give full props to Rebecca because I was we were leaving and I was trying to get out. And then she's like, hey, that looks like a comedian. I think you may know. And I was like, whatever. We were seeing everybody was like on the bottom level and we were kind of like on the upper tier uh, because they had two levels. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not them. And then all of a sudden I heard the iconic Boston accent Bill Burr <laughs> has. And I've been listening to him. You guys talk about comedians, Andrew and Hazen. Definitely, I always talk about like comedians and like Bill Burr has been in The Mandalorian season one, had a great role in season two, too. So, I, I immediately when I saw it, I was like, Oh my god, this is my only shot. And Rebecca's like, Just do it. So, he was walking by and I said, Uh, hey, I never thought I'd say, Hey, Bill. And then he's just like, Yeah, he had that whole act, and it just like turned on. Nice. And I was like, I was like, Can I get a picture? And he's like, Absolutely. And I was like, Oh, and he, it was so cool. He, he like stopped over to he, he was like, He's like, uh, you a fan? I go, I've been listening to you since I was a kid. And then he replied back like, yeah, I've been doing comedy about that long. <laughs> I realized how bad and insulting it kind of sounded. But at the same time, I was like, I wanted to tell him the truth. I was like, I might not should have been listening to you, but I was because you were so funny. So uh, that was my star moment of the whole night. And it was totally worth it because I love comedy and Bill Burr, you know, to notice how the crowd was fun. That's cool, man. Nice. Imagine you were like, hey, Bill. And he's like, hey, Larry. <laughs> I mean, how much would you have lost back? it at that point? 
I think I would have cried. Like, like, and then he probably would have kicked me out. He, you know, Bill Burr style. He's like, what are you crying about? What are you get it together? Something like that, right? Uh, but yeah, it was it was awesome. It was cool. He said, yeah, I've been doing that. I just replied, I've been doing it about that long. So I was like, that was a cool thing. Got a picture with them and everything, which is on the video you can see too. That's awesome, man. Yeah, those are those are cool experiences, um, especially when you know they just happen to come around through what what you would never expect it to come through. You know, the fact that it came through this Verizon thing is just like because they have websites where you can go and you can sign up to Mm -hmm. to go see screenings and TV shows. And uh, you can sign up to be part of these events, because for the most part, whenever they're doing these things for TV, they want it to look full. You know, they wanted to make sure that there are fans there. And so there are agencies where you can sign up and, and go to these events. But, you know, whenever they come around through other like services and stuff like that, it's just a little bit sweeter because it feels a little more personal and you feel like you have a better opportunity of getting it, especially when it's like a lottery system through these other companies. Right. right? So that's fantastic. We'll, We'll share the video on Discord. And if you have an opportunity, maybe share the picture or something. I think people will get a kick out of that. I'll see it over there. Uh, All right. Well, before we wrap up this episode, uh, I think it's time to learn a little bit more about some of the interesting things that have happened as part of the Disney Company's 100 years and the celebration. Andrew, I think it's time for some great moments with you, Mr. That's Maybe me. That yes, backwards. yes, yes. <laughs> That's okay. It's backwards day. We're like crisscross. We're going to wear our clothes backwards and all that stuff. It'll be fine. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> if you want to. Uh, but anyway, uh, this the years we're going to cover this week are 1947 and 1948. Luckily, we, you know, we got uh, not too much time left. You know, it's been a long episode. These are another couple short years, so we'll go through them real quick. Uh, 1947, Walt Stanchfield joins the company. Uh, you may not recognize his name, but uh, besides being an animator on many films, including my beloved Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, Stanchfield was one of uh, and one of Walt's nine old men uh, and Disney legend Eric Larson create a training program for new animators at the Disney Studio in the seventies. Uh, this program included weekly drawing classes and lectures by Stanchfield. Stanchfield students included numerous prominent animators such as Brad Bird, John Laster, Don Bluth. Joe Ranth, John Musker, Ron Clements, and Glenn Keane. Also returning to the studio is Wolfgang Reitherman, one of another uh, of Walt's nine old men, Disney legend. Uh, he returns to the company after his military service. Um, on March 13th, the uh, Disney Sound Department won a technical Oscar for in- innovations in locating noise in soundtracks. Um, on September 27th, Disney released the feature film Fun and Fancy Free to theaters. It includes a, the animated uh, segments Bongo and Making the Beanstalk. On October 24th, Walt Disney testifies in front of the House Un-American Activities Committee about suspected communists previously employed at the studio. Um, Disney gives a couple of names. This is a uh, very well documented uh um, other notable things, uh, notable characters debuting this year are, uh, Ega Beaver, who, uh, I have covered on Quizneyland and Scrooge McDuck, who both appear, uh, in, uh, comics. Uh, the company released 19 shorts this year, notable birthdays from 1947, uh, January 8th, David Bowie, 
February 1st, the stash himself, Tony Baxter. Uh, February 7th, Wayne Allwine. March 25th, Elton John. April 6th, John Ratzenberger. July 30th, Arnold Schwarzenegger. September 6th, Jane Curtin. September 14th, Sam Neill. October 17th, Michael McKean. October 29th, Richard Dreyfus. December 29th, Ted Danson. Uh, so that brings us to 1948. Disney has been struggling to make their films profitable for the past few years. In 1948, facing a debt of $4 million, Walt accepts an offer from their distributor, RKO Productions, and the new owner of that, Howard Hughes, of a $1 million interest-free loan in exchange for the rights uh, to Disney's inventory of films for educational uses. Um, on March 20th, Disney wins the Oscar for Best Song for Zippity Doodah from Song of the South. James Baskett also wins a special award for his portrayal of Uncle Remus in Song of the South. He was the first African-American male actor to win an Academy Award. And additionally, James Baskett was the last adult actor to receive an honorary Oscar based on a single performance. On May 27th, Disney released its live-action animated hybrid film Melody Time to theaters. It includes the animated films uh, Once Upon a Wintertime, Bumble Boogie, Johnny Appleseed, Little Toot, uh, Blame It on the Samba with Donald, and uh, Pecos Bill. On August 31st, Walt returns to the studio after a 10-day trip visiting the Chicago Railroad Fair and Henry Ford's Greenfield Village collection of buildings uh walt disney sends a memo to dick kelsey a production designer he describes an idea for a mickey mouse park with a main village railroad station carnival section western village and various shops and restaurants uh so uh, if you know anything about that that is kind of the first inklings of disneyland this uh trip is also where walt gets the idea for his backyard railway the carolwood pacific on December 21st, Disney's first true-life adventure film, Seal Island, is released as a sneak preview in the Crown Theater in Pasadena. This film starts off an entire series. <laughs> this film starts off an entire series of true-life adventure films. Other notable things to happen in 1948 are the dwarves from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves make their first appearance in the Ice Capades. Walt Disney announces during the annual report that their next animated feature will be Cinderella. U.S. Time introduces 10 new Walt Disney watches, each with a different animated character on the face. And the Hollywood Foreign Press Association awards a Golden Globe Special Award to Disney for, the, uh, for Bambi for furthering the influence of the screen. Uh, this year, they had released uh, 17 new shorts and re-released six shorts. Uh, and then our notable birthdays for 1948, uh, January 14th, Carl Weathers, February 28th, Bernadette Peters, March 6th, Steven Schwartz, March 14th, Billy Crystal, March 31st, Rio Perlman, uh, June 28th, Kathy Bates, July 12th, Ben Burt, um, uh, I'll just say Ben Burt is the creator of, uh, he did the sounds for R2-D2 lightsabers and the breathing of Darth Vader. So I thought that was fun. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. August 30th, comedian Louis Black. 
September 17th, John Ritter. September 19th, Jeremy Irons. September 26th, Olivia Newton-John. December 3rd, Ozzy Osbourne. And December 21st, Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) So there is the 1946, or 47, 1947 and 1948 uh, years of the Disney Company. Man, you said Howard Hughes, and I looked at the SCA plaque that you have behind you, and my brain just went mm-hmm. into overdrive. Because then, like, all the connections just started happening. Like, inspiration for <laughs> Charles Muntz, inspiration for Howard Stark. Uh, I mean, officially, he's part of the SCA because in The Rocketeer, he invents the jetpack, and there's a Jock Lindsay connection. And anyway, that's it. I think we got to end the episode because I could talk about the SCA for minutes if not hours upon end (laughs) especially when i get super excited about stuff like that but that's it that's gonna end the episode uh again podcasters.com slash links for uh the latest episode quizneyland playlist links to our youtube channel and larry's youtube channel again goofy guys adventures on instagram make sure that you're following larry for whenever he goes live from the parks and that's it that's gonna wrap it up until next time Keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. There it is, right? (laughs) Part of the Podcateers Network.